0: Well, welcome back, Queens. We have John Harreth today. John Harreth is a physical therapist, and John graduated from Penn Valley and became licensed as a physical therapist assistant in 2009. He currently treats patients and is the assist- assistant administrator at Summit Rehab in Lee Summit, Missouri. Professionally, John's interests include sports and orthopedic physical therapy, injury prevention, chronic pain, and following a movement-based approach popularized by the works of Gray Cook, Charlie Wengroff, Dr. Vladimir Janda, and Dr. Stuart McGill. As a therapist and athlete, John enjoys looking at the mechanics of human movement in order to help patients achieve maximum performance in their own lives. An active strength athlete and Highland Games competitor, John has become one of the go-to rehab specialists for strength and barbell sports across the area. And didn't you guys just win a big honor? You and your team?
2: Uh, we did actually. i uh, I actually um, was captain of what is called the Team South at North versus South Highland games. Uh, it's oh, yeah. a <laughs> it's a top amateur competition down in Florida every year, and we won. It's the first time whoop, whoop. team south in, in several years. so <clears throat> we we won that, and i uh, I retired from Highland Games with that. So um now I'm just trying to. Become more of an athlete and less of a fat kid.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's the way you retire, right? Going out on <laughs> Go top. On top. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Queens, I want to share with you why I decided to have John on. I call him my my foot guru, um, having had um, issues with my feet for for most of my life that are pretty genetic. Um, I was at a crossroads that I was quite certain I was going to have to have surgery and came in and saw John and went out with a big smile on my face because he didn't say that I necessarily needed to and gave me some things to work on at home including something as simple as just learning how to re-stand and walk oh. that's right yeah mm-hmm. sometimes we just give in over time literally and <clears throat> have to learn to um, walk more balanced so that's why I wanted to have John on today. If you've seen Becca's Feet hey. audience you would totally understand. <laughs> Shut <laughs> <laughs> God, thanks. <laughs> now I'm gonna have a foot complex. <laughs> so let's start with why is our, our feet so important?
2: Um, I think for most people, uh, it's pretty it's pretty self evident. But uh, the foot is the first point of contact with the ground, and so as the foot uh, shapes and develops, uh, especially as we as we grow. Um, the brain uses the foot so much to figure out where the rest of the body is in space. And so we get so much feedback from the foot and it, it helps all the way up the chain. It helps kind of establish, uh, where we're at all the way up the chain. And so I think when we start looking at not only just, uh, foot dysfunction, but also, up the the chain to the knee and the hip, uh, sometimes even the low back, the foot can play a big role in helping the brain know where things are in space. Uh, Another thing along with that, too, is is you have so much sensory input from the foot um, that there's a big, huge portion of your brain dedicated to understanding where that foot is in, in place or in space and, and all that sensory information that can be brought from the foot, like I said earlier, all the way up the chain. Um, and so it has huge implications on everything else we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we do have foot dysfunction, there, there's definitely going to be dysfunction further on up the chain for sure.
1: Hmm. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So, what are some of the common foot injuries or uh, qu- chronic overuse um, injuries that you typically see in your practice?
2: Oh, uh, we see we see a ton. I'd, I'd say some of the biggest ones are um, plantar fasciitis. We see a ton of Achilles. Uh, tendinitis. Um, we, we, we treat a lot of post-op Achilles ruptures as well. Mm-hmm. Um, another really common one that uh, people tend to think is genetic, but it's not, are bunions.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. I was already saying mine was
2: genetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, well, and it's funny. So, so bunions, there's been mm-hmm. no research ever showing that bunions are genetic. Uh, and they're purely due to uh, gate mechanics typically, and what shoes we wear, you know, cute shoes tend to lead towards bunions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, we see a ton of that too, but I can't tell you how many, how many, uh, patients I have come in and like, well, I have bunions. My mom had bunions. My grandma had bunions. Mm. Uh, and a huge portion of it, uh, there can be some genetic components in terms of, are they prone to be more, flat-footed, et cetera, et cetera. But the bunion itself is always due to a mechanical component.
1: So for treatment of that, are they coming in and you are working on kind of the gait and the mechanics and how you walk and run as sort of the treatment for that?
2: Um, yeah, it, obviously the, the answer to all of those questions is it depends. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but but for the majority of people, a lot of times what happens is there's, there's usually some sort of loading strategy problem. How the brain interprets how to manage loads at the foot uh, can be appropriate for the situation or not appropriate for the situation. And oftentimes, um, and you'll get varying opinions on the whys behind this, but in in my opinion, it's oftentimes due to footwear choices, how much time we spend uh, as a child barefoot. Mm. Um, and, and so, but... I'm kind of I'm kind of tangenting off here, but um, a lot of times what we'll see is as we try to correct that, uh, the the symptoms and the pain that they're having uh, then start to resolve. Um, one of the things you have to keep in mind with the foot too is we're super susceptible to overuse injuries just because of uh, how much repetitive motion it goes through. If you're a fairly active person, you know you take ten thousand steps or so in a day. If you're a runner, even more. Um, and, and that's a lot of repetitively doing things right or doing things poorly. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I was just going to ask that, you know, I, I'm i assuming it's a myth, like because I'm a runner, I'm going to have foot problems or because I'm a runner, I'm going to have knee problems. We've talked about mm-hmm. this, like, but do you think that's necessarily true because I run a lot? So spend time on my feet, I am going to have more feet, prob- feet problems or is it just more like how I run and the mechanics around it more often than not?
2: Um, I I'd say both. I'd say, uh, you know, if you, if you drive your car a lot, you're going to have to do more maintenance on it. If you don't drive your car and you're not worried about driving your car, it can kind of just sit. Um, that said, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with running or really any other movements at all ever. It's just the, the big questions that I, I asked myself and then I ask patients are, are we putting your joints <laughs> in positions that they can absorb and adapt to stress? Um, and, and that, that's on the rehab side of things. That's also on the performance side of things. Cause that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying mm-hmm. to, to adapt to stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think bearing that in mind, sometimes there's some biomechanic things that we can fix, uh, positional things that we can fix that allow that joint to absorb and adapt to stress. But sometimes, especially if we don't, uh, if we don't, uh, properly program and so, say we just... I you go from not running at all to trying to run 10 miles. Yeah, you know, probably going to hurt because you've mm-hmm. not built built the capacity. And so the the two things we always want to look at is uh, biomechanically, are we in good positions to absorb and adapt to stress? And then capacity wise, do mm-hmm. I have a work and built up the capacity I need to perform whatever task at hand that I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so if, Typically, if you check those two boxes, not only is your programming going to probably prevent a lot of injuries, it's it's also going to be optimal for whatever performance aspects that you're you're wanting to do.
0: Hmm. Well, interesting, yeah. Like we've got to get our foot ready to be able to handle the mileage or hiking or whatever else that we're going to do. That makes sense.
1: Do you have an opinion right. on barefoot running at all? Yeah.
2: Um. So yes. that <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, inherently there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's probably the wisest choice, especially if you're running on concrete or asphalt, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but inherently, you know, if your biomechanics are perfect and you've gradually graded your loading so that you can tolerate barefoot running on concrete, mm-hmm. there's probably nothing wrong with it. Um, however, if your mechanics are terrible and you're not a runner and you're used to wearing uh, these big motion control shoes, and then you try to barefoot run, you've now removed the only thing that was uh, protecting you in the, in the first place, and you're probably gonna screw yourself up pretty quickly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that makes sense. So on that like- kind of continued theme with prevention. How do we start preventing some of these foot injuries or here? I always thought it was my genetics. I know when I came and saw you, you were telling me that I have to retrain my brain how to stand. And I was like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. And so (laughs) I'm just just kidding. Um, I went home and was like actually standing there getting the kitchen or at the kitchen getting dinner ready and then, like, later on, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, my back is, like, a little tired and, like, my leg. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, like, sore from just learning how to stand again. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. So what are yeah. some other things that we can do to prevent these foot injuries from happening?
2: That's exactly it. Um, and, and, again, like I said earlier, it, it always it always depends per the person, right, because everybody has different demands and different needs, but, um, for a lot of people, especially I think towards the the population that we're talking to, most of these people are already athletes. Mm-hmm. And so typically, it's you know they're they're already strong. they're already fit, at least in context of general populations, you know. And so, for a lot of people, it's just making sure our 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 feet, in positions that they can absorb and adapt to stress. Um, I know you and I talked a lot about creating a short foot. And for, for those of you that have no idea what that is, that's basically when you lift to the medial arch or the inside portion of your foot um, in order to make your arch muscles do a better job of absorbing stressors. And for a lot of people, what happens is as we, as we run through our gait cycle, We don't absorb that stress through those foot intrinsic and arch muscles very well. And so we just absorb that stress elsewhere. Um, Oftentimes at the medial knee joint, um, sometimes the plantar fascia absorbs a lot of that and can get super cranky. And so for people that are already athletes and have already put in the years or or time getting strong or getting fit, a lot of times it can be as simple as just helping your body do a better job of absorbing that stress and once we can do that we adapt to it and that's where we get the results that that we're wanting to get they're they're not only very corrective in nature they they're gonna give you a higher ceiling on your performance as well
1: i don't want to dig too deep into like what was going on <laughs> with you becca but your personal problems no, becca. No, that would help me a little bit so what was can you tell like what was going on with your feet and why you
0: went in to see john and like can we can we use you as a case study (laughs) sure (laughs) so i mean i've always kind of had like foot pain but what started to happen was one my big toe and the second toe were numb like i couldn't even feel but then i started having like sharp shooting pains Mm -hmm. and then as i was running like i I couldn't even like curl my toes at all Mm -hmm. um and so i was worried like oh my gosh there must be some sort of nerve that's really pinched in there um and then started reaching out to one of my good friends that also works there. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna, who should I go see a surgeon? Who, and she's like, just go see John and mm-hmm. let him take a look at you walking, let him take a look at your foot. And then that, he talked about that short foot, but also, and that's one of the things we'll talk about um flossing my toes because my toes were i couldn't even like open them they were all like pinched together Mm -hmm. so sometimes i sleep with like what we use for pedicures i sleep with that in between my toes so that they can expand and loosen up
1: (laughs) john do you like what was going on with becca's foot like how, (laughs) how how did that happen
2: so a lot of times, and this will this will speak up to I think a, a lot of people because th- this is a, a pretty common problem. Um, and again, the 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 whys are maybe not as universally agreed on, but. Um, a lot of times what happens is I believe due to the footwear we grew up wearing, um, the toes, if you look at, if you look at, uh, children's feet or the feet of people that grew up in, uh, maybe third world countries, they didn't grow up wearing shoes. Uh, the toes are actually supposed to be the widest portion of the foot. And what happens is most, if you look at oh, most mainstream shoes or uh, even tennis shoes but especially any sort of like heel or what would be deemed a cute shoe the the ball of the foot is typically the widest portion of the mm-hmm. shoe the, uh-huh. the, the toes kind of come in towards a point and so when that happens um you you apply this low level compression or or you push the toes in together and as we spend steps and steps and months and months and years and years in this position, your toes actually lose the ability to function that the way they're supposed to function. Um, if, if you think of uh, your foot intrinsic muscles, uh, just like we have hand intrinsics, which give us our fine motor skills, we also have foot intrinsic muscles. Um, obviously, the motor skills of the foot intrinsics are not as fine as, as your hand intrinsic muscles. But uh, they still what those what the what they do is they help us absorb and adapt uh, and and do a really good job of creating shock absorption as we walk or as we run. Um, when we lose control of that, the brain then has to do a better or, or find a different way of absorbing that sh- that that stress or that shock up up the chain, and that can cause uh, especially if it does that repetitively, that can cause all sorts of issues. Mm-hmm. And so in Becca's case. Uh, Her foot intrinsic muscles were not working at all. And so one of the ways that her brain uh, created stability in a compensatory manner was to collapse the inside of her foot or or her 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 foot's built with an arch. But every time she would load that foot, her foot would collapse and her arch would collapse. Mm. Um, So we would call that a, a, a passive loading of the foot or how she was creating stability was not actively with her foot intrinsic muscles, but passively through the, the, uh, the soft tissues and the inside portion of her foot and ankle. Um, and you just, when you're in those positions, you can't absorb the stress very well. And if you can't absorb it, you're not going to adapt to it. And so then, you know, that's going to cause pain and issues further on down the line. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. That's super interesting. Thanks for letting us use your feet. <laughs> <to get back laughs> Anytime. <to learn. laughs> well, I asked it because my uh, my big toe was creeping over to uh, my other toe. So I've got that going on, too. Mm-hmm. I'm, so I'm curious. So would you say like you mentioned this, like growing up and spending a lot of time barefoot as kiddos? Is that like a good thing for in a way of okay. like prevention?
2: That's a huge thing. I mean, obviously, we don't want. Kiddos, like we we want their feet to be safe, mm. and so if in a <laughs> where uh, they need shoes, obviously they should wear shoes. But uh, as much as they can, the more they can uh, be, be barefoot. The other big thing I tell parents when looking for kids' shoes, um, and I do this with my own shoes as well, or with my own kids as well. Um, the the flatter the sole and the wider the toe box, the the better off their feet are going to be because that wide toe box gives room for those, uh, those foot intrinsic muscles to develop. Um, and the flat sole uh, puts us in a better position for the foot to absorb stress as a whole. Um, most shoes, uh, and I, I'm sure you guys are familiar with this, but most shoes tend to have some sort of a heel lift, even running shoes, and that mm-hmm. totally changes the mechanics.
1: Mm-hmm. Huh, mm-hmm. Well, that's good to um, yeah. so, know. No more so, cute stilettos. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, but But again, even then, uh, a lot of times people come to me uh ladies come to me and they're like well does this mean i can't wear heels ever again and no that's not what that means you just have to just like anything else in life right we we know that everything comes at a cost yeah. and so if you if you're like hey you know I've, i'm gonna wear heels for an evening and i'm gonna know that my feet are probably gonna hurt afterwards and i'm gonna have to do do some foot foot self-care afterwards to because there's a cost coming to, to doing business and to to wearing those heels but if you wear heels every day then yeah you're probably going to have foot problems.
0: Yeah. So on that thing about foot self care, we love that. Yeah. Um how does one kind of manage that day to day and week to week so that like myself I didn't even realize that I had started to compensate and um wasn't using my feet the way I should.
2: I think some of the some of the big things uh one of the most easiest things you can do is uh, just get your foot intrinsic muscles to start working you should be able to push your big toe in the ground and lift your other four toes and vice versa push your push your little four toes and lift your big toe you should be able to squeeze your toes in and out um mm-hmm. that that sounds super simple and for most people it's not um,
1: we're doing it right now john <laughs> <laughs> i don't think yeah so. <laughs>
2: For some (laughs) people, uh, people, it causes mental gymnastics. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, that's Uh, like when I first came and saw you, I couldn't get that big toe. And then if I could, I was having horrible shooting pain uh, that was going up through my foot. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and that'll happen oftentimes because the brain's like, well, what the hell? I I don't really know what to do with this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But so that's a really easy way to start. Um, You can definitely get like the the, um, pedicure spread the toes things. Um, the toe spacers, uh, mm-hmm. you can buy, you can get the cheap pedicure ones. I know uh, if, you, if you Google it, there's some podiatrists that make some and sell some, um, but that just kind of stretches those toes out. And the more range of motion you have in them, the better chance of those foot intrinsic muscles working properly. Um, one of the things I teach patients is I just have them just like you would interlock your fingers and fold your hands. I have them take their opposite hand and interlock their toes. And just spend time mm-hmm. kind of messing, you know, extending their toes wow. back, flexing forward, twisting them. Because the foot's supposed to be able to do all those things. And because our feet don't do those, we, we kind of just get stuck with the what, what's essentially just a little club on the end of our leg that doesn't <laughs> adapt to stress very well. Mm-hmm. Huh. But I, I would do those things. Um, if you're having problems, uh, I would go talk to... Uh, um, a physical therapist or a doctor uh making sure that you know they're they're well versed in in what a foot's supposed to do and they're not just going to throw you in a in a insole and say well come back to me in two years when your pain returns mm-hmm. um yeah. one of my fa- for uh, one of my favorite resources for listeners uh you can follow on instagram the the foot collective um mm-hmm. uh, they're they're their group of Canadian, I, th- I think, PTs and Kairos, um, they do a great job of educating on uh, what the feet are supposed to do. And, and um, they, they do a good job of taking complex ideas and, and making them uh, very readable. So I, I really like them. I think a lot of people would appreciate checking those out if they're having foot problems as well.
1: Cool. We'll put that down as a resource. Sure, yeah, definitely. Well, John, thanks so much for um, joining us. We like to end every interview um, asking the interviewee how they live out the FIT philosophy of balancing performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self. Including FIT well, self-care. Yeah. <laughs>
2: self-care. Well, um, well, like I said earlier, I, I, I used to be pretty heavily involved in strength sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so I competed in strongman highland games for several years. I've, I just retired in January from that. And so now I'm just trying to get back down to uh, a reasonable weight. I, I was about 280. Uh, I'm currently about two, 260 or so, and I'd like to get down to about 240. Um, I've been doing a lot more cross training, maybe mm-hmm. a bit, if you will. Um, and uh, my wife and I both like to hike. So we're actually getting ready to hike the Grand Canyon rim to rim in May.
0: Oh, awesome. good for you. I've been,
2: I've been training for that as well, which is obviously a – a huge departure from lifting and throwing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Some endurance stuff. carrying
0: that backpack.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been wrecking a lot as well. So, oh
0: well, John, thanks so much for coming on. You give us a lot to think about, and Kara and I have like actually trying to foot floss even in here at I the know, same time. I <laughs> <laughs> so so interesting. we'll be sure to put all your information on the show notes. And thanks for coming on.
2: Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for having me. Oh, yeah.
0: Thanks, John. Bye, Queens. Bye. -bye.
1: Thank you to our sponsor today, Sentimano Counseling. Sentimano Counseling is the premier perinatal mental health practice in Kansas City, treating mood disorders during pregnancy and postpartum, perinatal loss, infertility, eating, and exercise disorders. Go to sentimano.com for further information about the practice and services. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit4Queen. Hashtag fit for a queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.